Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful, Sarah Church. Sarah, are you ready to do this? Yeah, George, let's do this. Let's go. Sarah is the author of Mending My Mind. It's a book about how she healed and retrained her mind from the PTSD she developed growing up in an impossible environment, going on to become a successful biotech executive. Sarah, we're excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and what motivated you to write the book. Yeah, thanks, George. I really appreciate you having me in, in this conversation. Um, you know, the most important thing of, about me and my life is that I have a two-year-old son. So that's absolutely for any parents out there, uh, the, the priority. And then, you know, obviously I, I work in biotech as well, uh, wrote, uh, you know, the book we're, we're going to, to chat about. And, and I like to spend, you know, a lot of time doing outdoor activities and traveling and just having a really kind of active, you know, life. So uh, that's just a little bit about me. Excellent. I appreciate that. We have a five and a two-year-old, so I, uh, I both empathize and celebrate all of your experiences with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I learned more from being a parent than, than any other life experiences that, that I've had. Yeah. So try to gently make a shift to, uh, your terrible, well, your experiences growing up as, as, as a child. I don't know how much you want to share, but would love to just learn about, tell us a little bit about your experience and what motivated you to, to really write the book. Yeah, sure thing. I'm happy to give a little context. Um, so I grew up in a, a single parent household where my mom worked very hard to make ends meet. There was a, a period of my childhood where there was a lot of substance uh, abuse in my home um, and just some instability. I wouldn't say a, a lack of love by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but when I was a 13-year-old, I witnessed uh, a crime happen, a shooting. And uh, the way that I dealt with things was by overachieving and just leaving the past in the past and and, you know, my definition of strength at the time was just, you know, one foot in front of the other and, and, and not thinking about anything uh, negative. And, and because of that, it served me well for a long time. I ended up going to you know, college, to grad school. I have a, a really rewarding career on, you know, paper. Life looked fantastic. You know, I was uh, married to a great uh, person, had just bought a new house, you know, really enjoyed my career things you enjoyed my friendships like things really you know seemed seemed to be good and then around the the time I turned 40 some challenges uh, broke through the the surface regular challenges we we all deal with um, the company you know the startup biotech I worked for got acquired uh, my wife and I were not sure about having kids or, or not. And, and we had just relocated from Los Angeles to Seattle. So, so regular stuff. Uh, but those things I, I had trouble coping with. And so the way I coped with it is how I always did. And that was by avoiding uh, things like difficult emotions, difficult conversations. And, and you know, I got overwhelmed and, and literally kind of just walked out of my marriage and into 
an Airbnb to, to, you know, take, take some space um, and try to figure out what was going on, which led me down a journey of, uh, you know, seeking help from a therapist and ultimately uh, to uh, a trauma specialist, uh, which really kind of helped me un unpack a lot of things. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, the journaling I did throughout a, a three-year journey, I got diagnosed with PTSD, actually CPTSD, which is a subtype. Um, and uh, kind of that, that healing journey was, uh, a lot of it was documented in, in my journal and ended up, uh, you know, uh, you know, writing a book about it. So that's kind of the full backstory. Well, I appreciate that. And as I'm listening, I think that we all intellectually now leaving things in the past, probably not a recipe for success and just coping through avoidance, probably also not a recipe for success yet. It's something that I think that we all do. Yeah, totally. In fact, uh, I certainly did it. I see other people do it and were rewarded for it. So in my case, I was, you know, a workaholic. There'd be days that I'd put in a a 12 hour day and then sitting at dinner, you know, I would be on my phone or thinking about work and not present uh, with my spouse. And, and, you know, there are, are different ways that, and I was using overwork as a way of, of not dealing. Uh, some people use food or some people use, you know, excessive exercise. Some are things that are deemed positive. Um, by society. And so we're actually, you know, rewarded for, uh, you know, not, not, you know, dealing with, with things where I certainly was. I've been spending a good amount of time. I, I don't know if it lined up with the pandemic or it just happened to line up with the pandemic, but just thinking about, um, the patterns that, that, that we have, because we all have them. Some do serve us certainly some, serve us outwardly, like working my butt off. That's great for my career, but maybe not good for every other aspect of my life. And some are clearly destructive. If I'm an alcoholic or if I'm a drug addict, then that's a pattern and a habit, but it's not serving me. Um, you mentioned journaling. You, 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 you mentioned um, working with a professional. I don't know if he's a therapist, but to help you with this, how, how did you how did that whole process start? I'm, I'm fascinated by being able to recognize a pattern and then getting rid of it and replacing it or how, how all that works. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and a lot of this actually uh, did involve kind of analyzing and, and dismantling patterns and, and building new habits for me. Um, so essentially there was a little trial and error finding kind of the right therapist because I needed a, a, a trauma specialist. To, to deal with some traumatic things. And, and quite frankly, according to the CDC, 61% of us had had a traumatic childhood experience hmm. um, that can be impacting us, that could literally impact our nervous system or, or brain development and can impact us for decades uh, to, to come. So my story is, you know, sadly, not very un uncommon. Um, and so uh, I do think it's, it, it relates to a lot of people um, and for me, uh, you know, with the guidance of a licensed uh, therapist, you know, specialized in, in what I was working through, uh, the first activity she had me do was write a timeline of significant events, positive and, and negative in my life. 
and based on that, so that was my first writing. It was the very first kind of homework assignment she gave me. And, and so with that, in all of these significant events, um, you know, there are patterns within those. So for example, there'd be themes. Well, here are my relationships. Like in my 20s and 30s, I, I had long-term relationships with fantastic great people. Um, I, I, you know, luckily my, my chooser was good. So, uh, you know, I was with great people and I had a, a pattern of essentially kind of when things got tough, just being like, eh, you know, we're done and, and walking away. And so, you know, through this work, I was able to figure out some themes in my life and then we kind of dissect some of those and, and get insights. That's a, I can see where just going through a timeline of significant events, how it's it's it sounds like a pretty simple exercise, but so profound to sort of point to what really I think are the significant events, and you know what 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 makes those significant, and you sort of trace it back. Um, fascinating. How hard was it? You seem you strike me as a really strong person to what was it that sort of pushed you over the edge to, to actually meet with a therapist? Yeah. You know, I had spent until I had met, you know, my wife, my twenties and the first half of my thirties, really just responsible for myself and, and the work I do with, with colleagues on behalf of patients. And, and so uh, you know, even though I had long-term relationships, I'd never made a serious commitment. And so it was the first time I actually made a very serious commitment with a, a wonderful person. And, and the fact that when things got hard, I just kind of walked away from that. Now there was someone else who was hurt that I made a promise to. And I just wasn't, I felt terrible about it. I just wasn't, wasn't the person I, I wanted to be. So I decided I, I need to figure out what's going on here instead of just, you know, filling my days up and keeping myself, you know, busy. Like I, I really had to take a look in the mirror. Um, and so that was the wake up call. Um, and then once I did and, and took the time, like I think a lot of us have done, you know, through COVID as well, is once I took the time to look in the mirror and, and reflect, uh, you know, there there were some things I, I really needed to change to really have not only overcome PTSD, but to really live the life I wanted to live, to feel really fulfilled, connected to myself, connected to other people, uh, to be the person I, I want to be in the world. And so uh, I just, you know, that was my, my catalyst. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's what led me on a, a journey with kind of twists and turns trying to kind of figure all this out. I appreciate that. Is it different for everybody? Do we overcome trauma? Do we get rid of it? Do we live with it? Yeah, that initially kind of when I saw, you know, the, the therapist that this is all she's done for many, many years and, you know, has a PhD. She's very good at what she does. Uh, you know, I was like, I just want to get rid of this and, and kind of get back to, to my life. Like, okay, I had some of these like really hard, scary experiences when I was little, but that was then like, help me just fix it so I can go on my way. And, uh, and what I learned going through that, uh, and it took me a couple of years is, is I, I couldn't just 
get rid of it. It was like part of the fabric that, that makes me me, but I could transform it. And so, um, you know, for me, there were two things I had to do to really become what I'd call like a, an emotionally mature person um, that's, you know, overcome trauma because trauma affects us emotionally. For me, I, I like to shut my emotions down. Other people can have really strong reactions like anger and those sorts of things. Not to say that I've never had angry reactions, but my default was more to avoid emotions and shut down. So I had to learn to do two things, allow myself to feel all of my emotions, even the emotions I labeled bad, um, you know, um, and then two, then I have to learn now that I'm letting myself feel all these emotions, then I have to, to learn to kind of manage them. And then in some cases, even, and this is where the transformation comes in, sometimes you can actually harness emotions and it can add to your power. And so yeah, so I had to learn to feel and, and manage emotions. And, and, you know, I still, you know, make mistakes or don't handle my emotions as well as I'd want to. Uh, at times, like, I'm not perfect at it. Uh, but at least I'm like connected to them, you know, regularly now and, and you know, feeling like a really emotionally kind of whole person. Um, so yeah. Fascinating, right? It, it's a, when you start to engage in this process and you say, okay, I, I, I can totally see you. Even though I don't know you very well, Sarah, I just met you 20 minutes ago. I could see you walking into this office and say, okay, is, is, is there a script or is step-by-step so I can just get, uh, get, get, get kind of done with this and, and, and go on my way. And the person was like, no, sit down. It's going to take a long time. And you're like, okay. <laughs> So oh, totally. I asked her the first appointment, <laughs> how long will this take? And she raised her eyebrows at me. I'm like, let's just get it done. <laughs> let's get started. <laughs> so allowing yourself to feel all these emotions. And I mean, that it's, that's sort of a wild thing to say. If like, I, I, if for people who are listening and say, well, how do you not feel emotions? But if you become really, really, really good at compartmentalizing things then you don't and so that's a whole new skill set that you've had to had to learn so i imagine yeah you're not perfect at it after you know a handful of years yeah yeah and and we're all humans and and all have you know these emotions and 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 you know some common ways people don't feel emotions and i don't think i wasn't aware that i wasn't allowing myself to you know, feel all of my experiences, what would happen is I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling kind of, I don't know, could be down, I'm just going to go for a run, like, right, it's something as simple as that. And, and a lot of that's positive. Um, you know, but there's an extent where we do it too much. And it could be alcohol on the flip side, I've met some people who've, you know, worked through trauma, and, and they used to use alcohol or substances to, to not feel for me, I'd be like, oh, I don't like what I'm feeling. Let me do something else to distract myself. And I I just kind of was lying to myself in a way because I'm like, well, I'm doing positive things. I'm I'm running. I'm, I'm just going to go shift my attention to work. But they were, the way I was doing it was avoidance. But it's hard to even know sometimes if you're, you're not wanting to deal with stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's tricky. Yeah, I think that it strikes me that just being aware of it and and then to recognize, okay, I am 
irritated or frustrated, whatever it is. And then to start to trace maybe back to what was it that really triggered that, recognizing that, and then putting in place a healthy coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. So there's, for for me, I can only speak for me, and and I think you made this point or alluded to it earlier, it's individual for for everyone. I'll give one example, Uh, you know, since we're we're both parents. you know, I, I have a fantastic uh, nanny um, and sometimes she was showing up 15, 20 minutes late and I, I kept feeling this anger, but she's great, you know, like <laughs> vetted, you know, got her through a, an agency, everything's so good. And I was like, why, why do I feel this much anger at, at her, you know, being late? Like I could just set the start time 15 minutes earlier and, and kind of the old me would be like, whatever, like, you know, but I, I paused and, and traced it back and, and spent a few minutes kind of sitting with it. And, and my, my fear, you know, was about reliability with the, the care of my child. And, and so in this case, I did decide to set the, you know, I was able to, you know, look at it, you know, turn it around in, in my mind and analyze it. I'm like, wow, you know, he's not at risk for, for anything. I could set the start time back 15 minutes earlier. However, anger is an alert system. So it could tell us that, you know, a, a boundary is being violated or we're at risk or we need to react or do, it's a very activating, powerful, useful emotion. So, um, uh, you know, and so I chose to just, you know, I guess cope or change by, by changing her start date. But it could have been alerting me to a serious, you know, threat of the the safety of my my child, and 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 you know that wasn't true in in this case. But we want to know what our we want to take a minute to see what our emotions trying to inform us of, um, and then kind of decide, you know, from a centered place how we want to respond to that. Um, so it, all emotions do have have use to us. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's really really important. Um all the emotions that pop up there, 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 it could be signaling danger. It could just be that I'm tired and in a bad mood, uh, but being able to, to, to recognize and explore. And I mean, it is, is, have you always been a person or do you trust your gut? Do you trust your intuition? Yeah. You know, I, I when it's really clear to me, it's led me to, to really good, places sometimes it's hard to know what my gut's saying and and for me I found three decision centers in in my body like one's the thoughts in my brain so that's a source of information um another is uh kind of what my heart's feeling um and then I have this gut that's lower in in my body obviously in the gut area and so they all kind of signal information to me and but the the challenging point our part is like cutting through kind of the the noise and trying to get kind of clear information and and so uh kind of me holistically as a person i i need to take inputs from from my heart you know my head and and my gut and and, you know try to make good decisions uh from those but a few times in my life i've had very strong clear gut where there's no thoughts in my head and it they're just crystal clear take this course of action like for example you know take this this job i've had a a gut feeling towards 
taking a position at a startup, which was a risk, and it, it really panned out in a, a very meaningful, rewarding, positive way. Um, so when the gut's crystal clear to me, um, I definitely follow it. Nice. I love how you have the three decision centers and smart. I love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of Mending My Mind? Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me, George. Uh, there's uh, just two resources to, to direct people to, uh, uh, cptsd.org, which was uh, you know, a site I got a lot of resources and, and information um, on my journey. And then my website's uh, sarahchurch.org, and it has all the books and different things I read that were useful to me, as well as you know, information uh, about my books on, on my site as as well. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Sarah your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Sarah, is it cptsd.org? Uh-huh. Excellent. cptsd.org and sarahchurch.org. It's S-A-R-C-H-U-R-C-H.org and pick up a copy of Mending My Mind. Thanks again, Sarah. Uh, Thanks so much, George. I really appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.